How many of you like Spanish class? Okay, all right, we got one. Um, here, here's what I'll say. This is a side note. This has nothing to do with the message. Um, I took Spanish, and I always said to myself, when would I need to use it? And I tried to pay attention as much as I could, but all I know is how to apologize for existing. Like, lo siento, um, compromiso, excuse me. Sorry for, you know. So I know how to apologize for being around. But then I married someone who speaks fluent Spanish, and so does her family. So all to say, Spanish class, do your best to learn because it can come in handy when you're an adult. Anyway. Um, but anyway, but this specific time when I was in seventh grade, I was in seventh grade, and me and my buddy John, this was right after lunch, we were still hungry, we wanted a snack. And here's the thing, you're not allowed to snack in this specific class. So we would get Fritos Twists, and they're going to be up on the screen, you can check them out there, Fritos Twists, oh yeah. Um, I ate more of those in seventh grade than I did in my whole life, because of this class. I don't even remember the last time I've had them, but every time I have them, I think of this story. So my buddy John and I, we would grab these twists, and he's like, yo, you getting them today? I'm like, no, no, I, I got them. You'll get them tomorrow. He's like, okay. So we would get the twists, and he had this big binder, like one of those like nerd binders, like I'm saying huge, and we would face the binder part towards the teacher and the open flap near us, and we did this because we would hide the twists in that little crevice. We would hide it, we would, we'd push it in there, we'd open it up. And here's the thing, if you look at those, the, you know, Fritos, they're really crispy and loud. You know what I'm saying? So it would take us the whole period to eat it because we would have to wait till the teacher's on the other side of the room and you'd suck on it and you'd be like, crunch, 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 and then she wouldn't notice. So we did this for months. She had no idea. And then one day she found out. John and I were trying to take the Fritos out of the bag and we were trying to eat it. And she just saw that we were so like enthralled in this binder and she comes walking over, and she starts slapping the binder. She goes, listen! And as she hit it, she crushed all of our flavor twists. And so she's yelling at us, and we just die laughing. Like, we just, I'm crying laughing. Like, I fall off my chair. Like, I was laughing so hard. And she is so confused. For the rest of my life, I will always remember this lady's face. So confused as to why we were laughing. And through our laughter and tears, <laughs> I opened the binder to show the chips destroyed and crushed everywhere. And she laughed, and we were good, and we didn't get in trouble. So we waited about two days before we did it again. <laughs> Here's the thing. We were trying to hide the twist. You could take the twist off the screen. We were trying to hide them and keep them hidden from her, and eventually she figured it out. And here's what we want to talk about here tonight, that we can often do this with our emotions and we can do this with our feelings, that we can kind of stuff them into a binder or try to hide them, right, and keep them from sight. We do this in many different ways, and a few memes can help us out here tonight. Here's the first slide. When stress is consuming you, but you're acting chill, this little kid just hanging out looking like he's getting eaten by a shark, right? The next one. When I try to hide my social anxiety in public, and the, the little owl says, look how calm she is as well, and all of a sudden, ugh, it eyes, right? Next one. People, are you okay? Me. Yeah. And then it's a sinking boat with the title, no worries. And this by far is my favorite one, because this, I believe, this is how we kind of mostly act when it comes to our emotions and we, us trying to hide them. Pull up the next one. There's a dog... In the midst of a fire, 
and he's sitting at a table with his coffee. He's not drinking his coffee, but he is all more than content with it. He's like, this is fine. This is fine. And here's the thing. We laugh at this because we know to some degree, it, first off, it's hilarious. But second, second it, it's, it's partially true about me and you. That sometimes when it comes to our issues, that we can sit here and say, everything could be on fire. Everything could be coming down on us, not going well. Things are a mess. And we can kind of be like, ah, this is fine. Everything's fine. And we hide and suppress how we really feel. And see, there's two types of ways that you and I negatively deal with our emotions. There's two types of us in this room. Either we're going to be an actor here tonight, or on the other side of things, we're going to be an acceptor. And an actor is the type of person who they put on a show for everyone. Ah, you know, it doesn't bother me. Life's good. You're loud. You're fun. You have this, this obnoxious, in a good way, personality, right? And, and people see you, and they say, oh, man, like, they are not sad. They're not going through anything. There's so much fun, right? You're an actor. You're putting on a show. You hide and you bury your pain, right? That's one group. The other group is maybe you're an acceptor, that you accept your pain. It's kind of like you think life is like brand new shoes. You know, Joey, he gets those fresh white shoes, you know what I'm talking about, when he first gets them. Not like now. <laughs> no offense. Um, when he gets his fresh shoes, like they're super white, right? That's kind of like how we're born into this life. And then what happens when you get new shoes as time goes on? You, you, you scuff them up by accident. Someone drops soda on them, right? And, and as, as life is lived, your shoes kind of get worn in. And maybe you feel kind of like, well, my life is like that, Andrew. That things have happened to me, and now things can never change. That, I'm, that as time goes on, I've been scarred, and those scars will always stay. That nothing is going to change. Maybe that's what you believe. You accept where you're at, and not in the good sense of accepting, but the bad sense. And see, regardless of where we find ourselves on this playing field, regardless of what category, what person we find ourselves here tonight, we need to realize that our hurts, even though they were in the past, they affect our present. They affect our present. They affect this exact moment that you and I are living in. And maybe you've seen this play out in your life. Because maybe if you ask yourself this question, maybe you would say, like, yeah, Andrew, to be honest with you, there's certain things that happen in, throughout a day that really get to me, that really get me thinking, like, why am I so angry? Maybe when something doesn't go your way and you just flip out and you're yelling and screaming and, and you're just super upset, if you're honest and able to kind of get away from that for a moment, you would realize, wow, I'm definitely overreacting. Why? Or maybe it's just certain thoughts that you're thinking struggling with lust or you're struggling with just, just being down on yourself, not being able to think clearly about th good things, that you have negative uh, thoughts and emotions, and, you're, and maybe you're sitting here saying, why do I always feel this way? Why do I get depressed so easily? Why do I get so angry? Why do I struggle with lust? Guys, could it be a result of your unhealed hurts from the past? Here's the truth, that we've all had bad things happen to us tonight that affected us, things that we've done, things that were done to us, things that we were able to control and we knew what we were doing and things that we couldn't control and it just kind of happened to us. And these are the things that you and I often suppress. We shove into our binders, we pretend it's not there, we don't want to talk about it, we pretend that everything is good, right? But we try to suppress our hurt. I want to give you guys this example. If your parents, when you got home tonight, said, hey, I want you to take the garbage out, 
And you, instead of you taking the garbage, bringing it outside, putting it in the pail, and bringing the pail to the street, instead of doing that, let's say that you took the garbage and you went down to your basement and you just dropped it in the corner. It might work for a day or two, right? But what's going to happen? As the weeks go on, the stench is going is to rise up the stairs into your living space. Guys, this is what we do. We think that when we suppress our emotions, we try to put on a show or we just say, you know what, this is life and it's always going to be this way. What we're doing is we're, the garbage that's in our basement is destined to come up the stairs and ruin how you and I live every single day. Just because we suppress something doesn't make it go away. And here's why this is so important we talk about this tonight. Because this world is messed up. We're living in crazy times, guys. Depression, anxiety is at an all-time high. That suicide rates are on the rise. That it is the 10th leading cause of death in the United States. Suicide. In 2017, there were 47,173 recorded suicides. That's about one person every 11 minutes. Which is hard to believe. That in this message... Two people statistically will take their life. It's crazy. Attempts are estimated at 1.4 million people. From 1999 to 2014, we've seen the average be raised 24%. Now, let's think about 1999 to 2014. What came about during those times? iPhones, iPads, computers, right? The connected age. And I'm not sitting here and blaming it only on technology. But there is something that we could look at because our relationships are happening more over screens than in person. Many of you are more comfortable texting someone how you feel versus actually talking about it. And we don't really know how to communicate without hiding behind a screen. We make jokes, we post memes and edit photos, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think a lot of times... We kind of see a perfectly edited, ca- edited caption or a picture that is from the right angle, right? And the good filter to get rid of the receding hairline I might have or not have, right? And you see that picture, you're like, man, Andrew has it all together. And I look at your picture and say, man, they have it all together. And then no one talks because we're so isolated. Guys, tonight, we shouldn't be. Maybe you're, you're afraid of being that person in your friend group. Everyone's having a good time. You don't want to be that one person that brings the whole vibe down. You don't want to be that one person that that starts to bring up real conversation and make it awkward, right? Because everyone seems like they're good, and even though you're not and you need to talk about it, well, it's so easy to be that person to think, well, I don't want to be that person, so I'm not going to say anything. I don't want to bring this up. I'll talk about it later. It's always easy to push it off, but here's the truth is that you probably aren't alone in that. Tonight, we, we, we kind of like romanticize our own lives, like we're the only person struggling with what we're struggling with. We're not. Chances are the, the person sitting across from you, since we can all see each other, right, is dealing with some of the same stuff you have as well. But yet you and I, we cover up our pain. We try to hide it. A disclaimer here tonight, I'm not a psychologist. I know that certain... Issues are are more intense than others and require a lot more focus, but but here's what I am. I'm a person who struggles in life as well, 
And I'm coming at this with that angle in mind. But here's what I do believe, that every single issue from the most complex form of depression to the smallest issue that still is huge to you because it's you, what you're going through. I'm not here to take that away, right? Whatever you, wherever you find yourself, that all of these issues can be redeemed. That there is hope here tonight. That you do have purpose. If you are breathing in and breathing out, God has a purpose for you and he's not done with you yet. And so here's what I want to tackle. Are we dealing with the hurts in our lives or are we suppressing them? Because what we do with our hurts matters. So we're going to be in Mark chapter 10, verse 46. And this is talking about this guy named Bartimaeus. And Bartimaeus is our hero in this story. Bartimaeus is, is who I hope, as I'm spoiler alert, want you to be like tonight. Because I believe if we follow in his footsteps, we will see a lot of things change in our life. And Bartimaeus, he was a blind man. And here's what we need to know about blind men back in the Jesus' time. That they were looked down upon. That they were the lowest of the low. Because what people believed back then is that their parents sinned. That their parents were sinners and they gave birth to a child and God wanted to punish them. This is what the people believed. And made their son or daughter blind. And so blind people were at the bottom of the totem pole. But the way this guy deals with his status and the way he goes to Jesus is something I think that can help us in our struggle with what we're talking about here tonight. So join me in Mark 10, verse 46. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So we have this blind man. He is sitting by the roadside and he is begging because that's how blind people would make they're living. They would have to beg. They couldn't work. They weren't allowed to. So it basically, they would beg, and the money that they would get would help them live. And so he was doing what he normally was doing. But this day was different because Jesus was nearby. He heard the crowd, but he heard that Jesus was, with, was in the crowd, and so he began to shout. Like, I'm blind, but I'm going to shout until he hears me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He begins to shout regardless of the crowd. I want you to think about something. Uh, when it comes to us, we're kind of afraid of crowds, right? Like maybe for you, if I, were to be, if I were to sit down in your seat and bring you up here, you'd be like, ooh, it's a crowd. I don't want to see them, right? Um, we're scared of crowds. Why? Because we're afraid of maybe being vulnerable or saying something silly. Um, just to give you some insight into me, I've had a couple of reoccurring dreams about being on stage and like my guitar I'm playing and all of a sudden I'm like, wait, wait what song am I doing? And all of a sudden, all the people are like, boo, and, and my pants disappear. You know what I mean? Like, like these are real, and I'm, I'm like 31 years old. I still have these dreams. I had a dream. This was terrible. I had a dream. I was at Green Room, and I was yelling at you guys, like vein, neck, screaming. I woke up I'm like, why did I yell at the kids? I'm like, it's not real life. It was a dream, right? As I psychoanalyze myself for those dreams that I've had, I realized something, that I like any person in this world, we're afraid of being vulnerable. Because when you're vulnerable, it's messy, right? We don't want people to see what we're like, 
right? And so actors, maybe that's you here today. You've covered up your hurt. You hide it, projecting that you enjoy life. You put on a happy face. See, some of you are so good at acting and covering up your hurt and hiding it that you are not even aware of it. And, and here, here's what I mean by that. Sometimes we can share what's on our heart that we're comfortable with, things that we're comfortable with. But we keep all the dark things hidden. And so I can sit down with you and be like, oh, man, I'm really upset about X, Y, and Z. And then you could say to yourself, wow, Andrew's a really open person. But I'm only sharing what I'm comfortable sharing. And so it seems like to you, and sometimes it seems like to me, that I'm an open person, but yet I'm hiding what really matters. And so sometimes we trick ourselves into thinking, well, I'm open. Well, I'm getting help for my issues. When really, we're not. We're afraid of the crowd. We trick ourselves. See, we know what to say to others to have them think that we're fine, but we're not fine. This is going to be up on the screen, but it says, when we run from what's in our hearts, we're living a lie. When we run from what's in our hearts, we're living a lie. Some of you came in here tonight, and a leader said, hey, how are you doing? How's everything? And you, and you lied to them. You said things are good. Now, here's the thing. I'm not trying to throw shade or make anyone feel guilty. But I'm here to, to remind you that there is a huge tendency in you and a huge tendency in me to cover up where we're really at because we're afraid of the crowd. We're afraid of being vulnerable. Heath Ledger uh, played the Joker. How many of you know the movie The Dark Knight? Does anyone know the movie? It's probably one of my top five favorite movies. And Heath Ledger, he's going to be up on the screen, I think. There he is scariest joker, but like amazing. You could take him down before some of the younger ones have nightmares. Um, but he was my, one of my, my favorite actors. And, and here's the thing. To become this role, he really had to do a lot of different things. Jack Nicholson, who played the joker in an earlier movie, well before you guys were born, told Heath Ledger, he said, listen, be careful. That role might kill you. And so Heath Ledger began to really take on this persona. I think what we see in the movie is him doing a great job at that, right? But what he told reporters was this, that he slept an average of two hours a night. That he couldn't stop thinking, that his body was exhausted, that his mind was still going. And here's what we see, that the part that Heath played overflowed into his life. See, this could be true about you and it could be true about me. See, when we pretend that things are okay, we get reality confused with who we are trying to be or who we're pretending to be. And when we do this, we bury who we really are. We suppress who we really are with who we are acting like. And the pain is still there. And it still chokes out our lives. And so tonight, maybe you're sitting here and you don't know where to start. You're like, man, I look at my life and I just see a lot of pain, but I, I don't really know where I'm at. Could it be that you're an actor, that you're someone who's pretending that it's not there? And again, this is not to, to shame you as much as it is to set you free. And those of you who are acceptors, you don't go to God, you don't pray about your issues because you think there's nothing he can do. The damage is already done. You believe the lie that it's always going to be like this. Well, let me say that. It doesn't have to be tonight. In verse 48, many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. 
Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. Guys, our hurt can be louder than the truth. And sometimes you and I, we listen to our wound. We listen to what was said about us when we were younger or what that teacher said over our life or what that parent said when they were angry that maybe they've forgotten about but we haven't. Our hurt can sometimes be so much louder. Maybe we think to ourselves, I just got to shut up. I got to keep playing it cool. I don't want anyone to know because nothing's going to change anyway. Let me just keep this in. And why do we do this? You ever ask that question? Like, why do I, I feel like I have to hide myself? Could it be that once upon a time due to my negative experience with somebody or something, I made an inner vow and I shut people out? I made an inner vow and I, and I shut God out. And maybe you're saying, well, what is an inner vow? An inner vow is kind of like a promise or a statement that we can make to ourselves and we kind of bury it in our hearts, almost like it's like a written law. And we follow it maybe whether we know it or not. And it's a whole thing to get into, but I'm going to give some examples. Here's an example of one. One, I was vulnerable to someone and they hurt me. So therefore, I will not be vulnerable. I was always met with failure, so therefore, I'm going to stop trying. The truth hurts, so therefore, I will ignore the truth. When I was honest, it blew up in my face, and it was used against me, so therefore, I'm not going to be honest, or I'm going to twist who I really am. Four, five, when I experienced so much loss in my life, therefore, I'm not going to get close to someone or anyone to experience loss. That friend left me because they didn't like who I was, so therefore, I'm going to hide who I am. And guys, maybe we've made this kind of vow to ourselves a while ago, and we've forgotten about it, and we buried it in our heart, but yet some of us are still living out of it. That in our attempt to protect ourselves from being hurt again, will we prevent the hurt in us from getting healed? Some of us are that stupid person in the horror movie that instead of running out the front door and getting into the moving car that they can drive off, they stay in the house and lock the door with the killer. Now, that would make a terrible movie, but that's what we do. The killer's in your house, in your heart. We lock the door and say, I'm going to stay inside. I can't let anyone in. And as silly as that sounds, that's exactly what you and I are doing. What we need to face our wound here tonight and fight the lies that we're believing. And so back to the story. Bartimaeus, verse 48, many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but look what he does, like a boss. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Guys, the people told him to shut up. But he raised his voice louder. Tonight, we need to raise our voice louder than our hurt. This is the attitude we need to have. Guys, we, we got to stop caring about how we look, what we're wearing, what we're doing, what kind of music we listen to. I mean, all that stuff's great, cool. We look so great on the outside, but our inside's a wreck. we got to start caring more about that. And, and Bartimaeus, he knew about this. He knew that he, he doesn't care about how he looked. Look what it says in verse 49. Jesus stopped and said, call him. And so they called to the blind man, 
cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Let's just, let's just hit pause here. You ever think about hypocritical people for a second? Like, this is like the definition of fake friends in this story, right? Like, the people are like, shut up, stop talking. And then, oh, oh, Jesus wants to talk to you? Get up on your feet. He's calling you. Cheer up, brother, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like, do you guys see, like, how awkward that is? Oh, Jesus thinks it's cool. Now we think it's cool. <laughs> Here's a side note. There are people in our lives whose opinion you and I, we give way too much weight to. And we have no business on listening to them about anything. Some of your friends, you care more about what they think of you than what you should really be doing, and you allow their opinions to affect you from getting help. I don't want to be known as that person in my friend group, so therefore, I'm not going to open up. I remember when I was in, uh, I don't even know, it was like 10th grade or something like that. I was super upset. It was my birthday, too. And I went up to one of my buddies in school, and they're like, yo, what's wrong, man? And I just kind of told him. And he, like, said something I can't say from stage back to me. He's like, what are you, blank, blank? And I'm like, okay. And he walked off. And what does that teach me? That I shouldn't open my mouth to people, Right? And so often, we can hear what other people are saying and listen to it, when in reality, that's not what God has us to do. And so, here he goes, on your feet, he's calling you, verse 50, throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. It's amazing that a rabbi of great respect would summon such a lowly beggar. Verse 51, what do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Rabbi, I want to be made whole. Rabbi, I don't want to be an actor anymore. I don't want to accept my wound. I don't, want to be defi- I don't want to be defined by it. I want to be defined by you. And I want to be where you have me to be. Look what Jesus says. Jesus doesn't tell him, oh, go away. Yeah, I can't do that for you. Look what he says. He says this is 52, go, Jesus said. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight. And what did he do? He followed Jesus along the road. Guys, we can be made whole tonight by the one who is whole. Some of us need that reminding tonight. And maybe the reason why you're stuck, not to steal the exact name of your message last week, about stuckness is that you're not going to Jesus. You're pretending that everything's fine. You're letting your hurt define you. And the truth here tonight is that our hurts don't define us when Jesus redefines us. That's what I want us to grab here tonight, that our hurts do not define us when Jesus redefines us. And that's exactly what happened to Bartimaeus. I'm going to ask Ian if he can come up and start playing behind me a little bit. Luke's excited. And this is the part of the message where we as speakers would go to like, oh, do this and do that. And then we say the bottom line again and then we pray and then it ends. But as I was hitting this spot about trying to kind of bring this message to a close. 
I realize that there's not much that will change. That in actuality, there's a huge difference between you and Bartimaeus. Me and Bartimaeus. That Bartimaeus, he stopped at nothing to see Jesus. And it's the part of the message that's hard. This is the part of the message where we need to kind of look into ourselves and, and ask a question. Do I want to just kind of slowly walk through life, follow whatever my feelings tell me, or do I want to get serious and get help and get stronger and grow in my faith? A lot of us, we nurse a lot of hurts, and we take those hurts into adulthood. Free message here tonight. Adults are probably worse than kids sometimes. You'll see that. That when you grow up, your hurts don't go away. It starts now. It starts dealing with it now. But a lot of us, we care more about what shoes we're getting, what our Instagrams look like, than what our, our hearts are like, what our spirits are like. See, Bartimaeus stopped at nothing to go to Jesus. And when people tried to discourage him, he kept going. He said, I don't care. I don't care. I'm blind. I don't care what you think of me. I'm going to Jesus. When the popular opinion about him was not in the same way, he didn't let that define him. He didn't act like he had it all together. He knew he didn't. He didn't accept his wound or his current condition, but he went to the one who redefines him. And here's where it starts, guys. Knowing that your hurts here tonight do not define you. So many of us walk around and say, I'm going to let my fear define me. I'm going to let my depression define me. I'm going to let my lust define me. Defines you when we when we let it. Fear, you may have fear here tonight. It doesn't define you though. Anxiety, you may be struggling with that, and we're here for you on that, yes, but it doesn't define you. Depression, you may be struggling for your life with it. We're here for you. It's probably definitely real in your life, but it doesn't define you. Lust, you struggle with day after day, it doesn't define you. Your feelings tonight, guys, do not define you. And in this life, we can let things define us or we can go to the one who writes the definitions. A dictionary, if you were to pick one up, you open it up, it's not a list of suggestions, but a list of definitions. God was the one who wrote the dictionary on life. He wrote the definitions of everything that we see and experience, and he wrote the definitions on you. He gets to define who you are. He's your advocate, and you may not have peace right now. You may be a mess right now. But Jesus, he is at perfect peace. The Bible says that he is the prince of peace. He has it all together. And here's the most amazing part about that, is that he's not ashamed. Andrew, this is the part where you talk about the cross and he gets on the cross and he dies for us and he dies for my sin. Yes, it is. And every time we see a cross, we need to be reminded of one thing, that Jesus is for us, not against us. And so often we can say that line and say, yes, it's nice. We stitch it onto pillows. We write it on our notes and we study it, right? But we don't let our hearts actually 
Bartimaeus, he did everything he could to not care about what was around him and get right to Jesus. Can we be those people here tonight? It's not a shame to me. Life is hard. We're not going to pray one prayer and everything will change immediately. It can't. We've seen God heal. We've seen God do great things. But it's about the journey. Many of us, we need to be willing to take that journey and not an immediate fix. Some of us are, are like, kind of like drug addicts when it comes to our situations. We want immediate fix. If life's not like that, we've got to start separating ourselves. You aren't alone and you matter. See, our hurts don't define us when Jesus redefines us. So two things I want us to do here tonight. The first one is I want you to talk about your hurts. Sounds pretty basic, right? But we don't do that. Some of us need to sit down in the prayer time later or with a leader, search our hearts and, and, and ask, where have I been hurt? And maybe admit it to yourself. Admit it that it hurt and it mattered. Search your hearts for inner vows. Promises you made to yourself. Well, because this happened, I'll never do this. Start giving your absolutes to God. Let him work it out in your life. Talk about your hurts. Don't cover them up. Don't pretend they're not there. Don't accept your current position. If you're an actor, maybe that's the personality you might find, identify yourself a little bit with tonight. Maybe your prayer would be something like, God, open my eyes to my hurts. If you're an acceptor, maybe your prayer would be a little different. Something like, God, I don't want my situation to define me anymore. I no longer want to accept where I've been, and I want to be where you are. The second thing, kind of similar, but it's get help. Get help. Guys, no more hiding. When we expose our darkness to the light, it slowly begins to lose its power. Some of us, we're, we're harboring some really dark things in our hearts, and I want you to know this, that you're not alone in that. Everyone who stands up on this stage has had a really tough time at one point or another. We're not perfect. We get it. We need to be in this together. Get help when we're hiding. If you're struggling with suicide or dark thoughts, I want you to know that you are so loved. It breaks my heart. Some of the stuff that we go through alone. You gotta not be alone anymore because you're not alone. You do matter. You have breath in your lungs. God's not done with you yet. I hope you feel the gravity of this moment to know that you are loved more than you'll ever get, more than your feelings, whatever your feelings are telling you. You are loved four million times more than that by Jesus and by the people in this room. Don't face your darkness alone. Let us be there for you. Last week when Anthony was leading worship, he, he said something. He said, hey, Everyone, there's going to be leaders that will be around this room that would love to pray with you. And, and, and all the leaders, they stood there, and we waited. Maybe we saw like one or two of you get prayer. And here's what I want to say. I'm not trying to shame anybody here tonight, but I'm just trying to say is, guys, I need prayer right now. <laughs> How much more do you? We all need it. So when we do this later today, who cares what other people think around you? Every Friday, you come in feeling sick and hurt. You're like, oh, I want to, I want to save. Let the, I don't want to waste the leader's time. Don't waste my time, please. Waste our time. If it's wasting time to you, fine. Whatever. It's not a waste to us. You have a youth pastor who will literally do anything for you. Guys, I've been to other youth groups, and whoo, we got a good one. 
You have people that love you, leaders that care for you guys. Let us be there. Get help. Talk to us. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's fight this together. We don't have to live life alone. It could be the smallest thing to you. I don't care. You could have stubbed your toe and you're upset about it. Let's talk. Let's pray. Jesus, heal the toe, right? But you don't have to go through your darkness alone, guys. Let's just pray here tonight. Let's remember that our hurts don't define us. But Jesus redefines us. So Jesus, we come before you tonight. You took all the broken pieces of our lives and you've you've put them back together and you want to continue to do that. I pray for the person in here that's without hope, that they would know one thing. That you are for them. You're not going to forsake them that there is purpose in this life and every negative thing that we experience, every dark moment you turn and you use for good, that you are over it tonight. I pray that you would raise the broken to life. I pray, God, that you would work in our hearts, Jesus, that we wouldn't run from you, but we'd be like Bartimaeus and we'd run to you. We wouldn't care what other people think. We won't care about what we look like. We won't try to impress our friends that are not really for us when it really comes down to it. But that we would care about you first. Care about freedom first. And that we would see this youth group transformed. So God, we invite you to make that difference we just kind of sing on this chorus again I pray in these moments that you would work in our hearts that you would show us the areas that you want to heal and the areas that we need to start tackling and I pray that we know that we don't have to do it alone I pray God that when we separate to, to, to get prayer tonight that we would get it that we would go seek out a leader that we would seek out you that you would work in our hearts and show us the areas in which we need to get serious but I pray God that we won't suppress ourselves and our emotions and our feelings anymore, but God, that we would come to you and we'd receive freedom. So Jesus, we thank you. We invite you to make the difference. As we stand up to praise you now, I pray that you would bring healing, you would bring peace, and you would transform our lives here tonight. We thank you and we pray all this in your name, Jesus.